Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. How are you guys doing? Welcome over here. This episode is sponsored by Aura. I'm going to tell you guys right now, I spent some time on the mapping for today's video. Let me know in the comments down below, please, if you like these maps. They're very important when it comes to, I, I think, urban environments. It gives you a better idea of what's going on. So here it is. I'm going to check you guys. I'm going to let you guys check. I'm going to check you guys out. I'm going to let you guys check it out before we get too far. If you guys are listening on audio and you guys don't have a video reference, just, just don't worry about it. But uh, if you guys want to see it, it's on YouTube. It's on the YouTube channel, and it, it, it's pretty. It's pretty good. I, I think it is. I'm very proud of this. It took me about an hour to get this thing down. Uh, it's going to change every single day because it is an urban environment. We're going to talk about it here in a little bit, but I just want you guys to see it. Red Russia, blue Ukraine, yellow is going to be heavily contested areas. So there you go. Now, if y'all watched any of the combat reaction videos in the past, like the ones in the past few months, you guys know we talk a bunch about this gentleman wearing a red backpack. We call him the red backpack guy. I don't, I don't know. For some reason, he decided to take some child's backpack and to haul his gear around instead of like an issued one. Or maybe Russia couldn't afford to give him an issued one. I really don't know how I have any, I don't have any idea. Anyway, he runs around with this red backpack giving people commands. Apparently, he was a commander. Uh, either way, it doesn't really matter. Just want to let you guys know, he's actually stepped on a mine, so you guys won't see him in any more videos. Uh, he apparently lost his foot. So just want to let you guys know, uh, hopefully he enjoys those Russian hospitals and they take care of him. So the Belarusian president, by the way, today has actually stated that Belarus actually might be forced to intervene in the western side of Ukraine to protect the local population of Ukraine from the Polish invasion. Yes, you heard me right. He is going to protect them from, uh, yes, a Polish invasion. That's the Ukrainian population. He's going to protect that. Yeah. Anyway, he said the West has not yet abandoned the goal of aligning the front so that the Western side could be, could be cut off. That he's basically just taken from Dnipro West. If you were to look at a big map, the big river that flows through. Now, he stated that we may need to fight for the Western side of Ukraine so it isn't chopped off and it's death for them, not only the Ukrainians. Yes, he's saying that if they don't do this, that all the Belarusians are going to die and so are the Ukrainians because the Polish are just going to come through and apparently wipe them out. Uh, to me, this sounds nothing more than like them telling the world, hey, we're going to enter the western side of Ukraine, and this is giving them a reason, apparently, like, to, I, I don't know. Like, this is very strange to me. Does, does Belarus really believe they would even last, in, like, more than 48 hours in a war with any NATO country? Like, can we, can we just really ask that question? I personally don't believe so. I really don't. Like, if it was, if they just took all the political stuff out of it, and they're just like, all right, full-fledged, full might, they wouldn't even last 48 hours. Like 100, I do 100% believe that. Now, Russia is actually struggling in the east, so I, I, I do believe that they're hoping that Belarus enters the west side to actually force the Ukrainians to divert some more of their troops to the side of the country to try and stop the invading Belarus. If that actually happens. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's just talk. If it, I mean, you know what? I, I could have said that Russia is not going to invade. I, I, I would have said that. They're not, it's not going to happen. And it did. So, you know what? I'm not going to put anything past them. Now, all speculation, of course, from my end as to why they would need to enter this country. But it's for, it's for sure not to stop a Polish invasion. That's certainly not going to happen. Can we just be honest? If Poland was going to invade Ukraine, do you think they would have gave him tanks? So Putin's actually finally came out and said exactly what his plans really are. And it's fairly disturbing. Казалось бы, там, 
Он возвращал. He literally states that they're going to take back all the land they once had. And apparently the end of America is coming soon. And some of you guys are listening to podcasts. You guys, I, I don't want to play it because it takes close, you need closed captions for it. But if you want to see it, you have to listen to it on the YouTube channel. He literally is just stating that they're going to take back all the land they had prior to World War II. Like, every, like they're going to take it all back. They're going to go all the way. And then they, then they literally, like the audacity, they're going to try to go after Europe next. But before we get too far along here, I would like to share a word from our sponsor. Do you guys know what the fastest growing crime in America is? It's actually identity theft. And there's a new victim every 14 seconds. It's actually happened to me, myself, and I. Yes, and it's probably happened to you guys. One time I was actually stuck, by the way, on the front page of Malaysian Airlines website for about, hmm, about three or four hours. Yeah, when their plane went down, they stuck me on the front page. Very strange, random fact. Yes, identity theft can literally happen to anybody. Unfortunately, many companies that sell firearms don't have the best data practices. And that's why I'm excited to partner with today's sponsor, Aura. Aura is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, and a VPN password management and antivirus software all combined into one easy-to-use app. Now, you might have one of these services already, but you do not have all the tools. It's like locking the front door but leaving the back one wide open. Those who have had their identity stolen are often shocked when it happens. Imagine trying to log into your email account one day and only to set, you know, this, this password's been changed hours ago. And then you have to start getting notifications of activity from your bank, credit cards, crypto accounts, etc. By the way, I've been hacked twice on YouTube. One time they put some inappropriate content for three straight days and my account got taken down. Yes, I have been hacked multiple times. But guess what? If I had Aura, it would have been a lot easier. That's scary and unfortunate reality for many people. So thankfully, Aura has monitored the dark web for all your emails, passwords, social security numbers, and sends alerts fast and right to your phone and also an email. And if you guys were wondering how many pages have been found of my stuff on the dark web, we have 31 times. Two pages, 31 times. Login credentials are found. I'm looking right at it. And yes, it's very scary. It's my email and my password. Leaked password breach name like it's it's really crazy or it gives you near real-time alert on suspicious credit card inquiries like if someone was opening a loan or credit card inside of your name they also automatically send requests on your behalf to data brokers to remove your information helping to reduce the amount of spam and robocalls you receive no one likes hey are you trying to set up for you auto insurance yeah if you don't want that you need this and their vpn allows you to stay anonymous online by keeping your browsing history personal information safe and encrypted try aura for free for two weeks yes that is right two weeks go to aura.com forward slash speak the truth and see how many times Aura has actually found you and your family members personal information on the web and if you sign up let me know in the comments down below I, I want to know how many times your personal information and your passwords have been compromised you won't regret it check it out It'll be linked very top of the description go to aura.com forward slash speak the truth to get two weeks free tell you guys two weeks for free check them out link to the top description thank you so much aura for sponsoring this episode and once again they go to talk about poland and again and again and the crazy part is they do not realize that messing with poland well apparently they, they don't realize this is the equivalent to messing with america like, I don't know why, why these Russians cannot get this through their head. It's almost as if these Russians are literally okay with the world ending and being in control of an earth that looks like Mariupol. Like, like let's be honest. That's what, that's what they're okay with. Now they even come out and say that Europe is next and they will go after the Baltic states. And then somehow they end it by claiming, I don't know how they, how they do this, uh, they aren't the bad guys. 
but the good guys in this venture. I, I don't even, what is that? What is that? How does that? How do you even think that? How on earth can a person believe that they aren't the bad person when invading a country and then claiming to retake the land from peaceful people to be a larger country? How could you see that not being bad? They're literally claiming to do this to become a very large country and to make America weak. Like This is legitimately what every evil empire has tried to do on earth and has yet to succeed, with the last one trying being Hitler. Am I, am I, 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 I'm not incorrect here, right? I'm just asking you guys. You guys let me know. Am I, am, I, am I being crazy here? So if this doesn't give you some World War II vibes, I don't know what will. Now, that was actually down in the southern portion of Ukraine. And yes, those were two. Yes, two separate operating trains with multiple 30-millimeter auto cannons on them. So anybody who is new, here is Kharkiv. There's Kharkiv. We're going to slide a little bit south here. Whoa, that was almost a bit too south. We're going to be looking at Izium. All right. So Russian forces are continuing to try to establish a foothold inside of this area. Now, the area I'm talking about, we're going to slide on over to here. Boho Rodin. This area. All right. This is where they're trying to actually get a foothold. They've been utilizing smaller forces and conducting probing attacks over the last 48 hours. Now, Ukrainian estimates right now are saying that there's roughly 30 BTGs worth of men in the Izium area, which is up from 20 a week ago. Now, Izium, right here. So I have this big, big giant X in a square. It's basically just showing you guys that there's a lot of men inside this area. There has been. But this is a clear indication that they're refitting and staging for another push south towards either Slovenas and or Barvin Cove. So Barvin Cove is down over here. Didn't pan out. We know they're trying to. It really hasn't gone anywhere. Now, the same thing when it comes to going towards Slovenas. They haven't been able to really do much either. Let's go towards the, the southeastern side. Now, personally, looking from the outside in, I do not see the need for them to actually push south towards Barvin Cove. So they most likely, like the most likely course of action would be to beef up those elements, and then actually push them southeastern to the side that actually is going towards Slovenask, which is right through here. That's what I see being, like, that's, that's what I would do if I was in their shoes. Like, I, I don't really see the need to go to, 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 to Barvenkov. Like, if you guys look at it from here, where are they going to go from Barvenkov? Even more south? No, they need to go this way. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, when you guys look at it from that, that this kind of perspective. Now, at the same time this is going on, it's being said that there's actually a counteroffensive taking place right now. As I am making this episode, yes, the Ukrainian forces on the western side of Izium, which I have shown you guys right here, as you guys can see, they're actually being able to take, they're taking back a little bit more ground from the Russians and they're pushing towards Izium itself. This is an ongoing, pro, like literally right now as we are making this episode, wow. I'm going to tell you guys, by tomorrow, we should have a better understanding of what is actually taking place or what, it, what has actually been taken back and or liberated and or lost. So uh, we've seen this once before by the Ukrainian forces in this same region. So I don't know how beefed up they, they if, I, if it was me on the Russian side of things, they cannot lose this MO3 route. They really can't. So I'm going to, I'm going to assume this whole route on this Western side is going to be heavily fortified, but we don't know that as of, I mean, we're, that's, we're just going to wait till tomorrow. You know what I mean? I'm going to let this thing settle. But as of right now, as you guys are watching this video, there's a large assaulting element by the Ukrainian forces pushing from west to east towards Izium. Now we're going to move over to Severnodets. There's been a lot going on over here. I have some other mapping I want to show you guys. I'm very proud of it. We're going to start off with the regular one so you guys can see. So here's the regular one. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot going on. We got blown out bridges, which you guys can see these red X's right here. All these are blown out bridges. All three of them on the southern side of the city going into Lyschansk are all blown out. Well, I'm going to say they're all pretty much destroyed. One of them was actually targeted all day by the Russian military, and two are completely gone. So 
There's, there's severe house-to-house fighting continued through the city itself, and Russian forces have actually captured roughly, I'm going to say, 70% of the city, while the Ukrainian forces control roughly 30%. Uh, the majority of the fighting is actually taking place in the northern part of the industrial plant and also in the southern district of the city. So I'm going to go ahead and switch over to the other map because I think it's actually a little bit more beneficial for you guys who are getting the visual process here to just kind of gather and soak it in. All right, so red is going to be Russia, blue Ukraine, yellow, heavily contested. All right, industrial area right through here, okay, just so you're aware. All right, now there's also reports that a mechanized Wagner group of mercenaries is operating in the city center. So... That you're looking through right here. So we're going to put a Wagner group. So the Wagner group is working in the city of the, uh, the city center. Excuse me. I know back over here. Here's this hotel. You guys see this mirror mirror. That hotel right there, I believe, is actually a Russian headquarters for this entire region. Now, there's another separate one roughly about in this area as well. Some people were asking how I get this. I don't know how I find a lot of stuff I do find. You just got to either trust me or not. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, these are pretty rough estimates, and I'm pretty positive there's, they're inside this area. Now, the Wagner group, that one is confirmed. But all three of the bridges, like I said, are leading out of the city, have been destroyed. But it is possible to cross the river, by the way, in certain areas due to the water being extremely low. Now, this is one of the bridges uh, I was talking about being destroyed out of the city, in, in which it's honestly, since the river is crossable by foot, it isn't a massive deal when it comes to getting reinforcements in. Now, one of the greater advantages to it is the fact they can't actually get heavy equ equipment across towards Lichens. Now, that really outweighs any of the cons. Now, as long as they can actually continue to feed the men with ammo, water, and food, plus reinforce them with any losses they should actually incur when it comes to men, they should do all right, okay? Now, we haven't... I'm going to tell you guys right now, I, I said that Russia does control 70% of the city, which they do. But the big thing here is they have taken some ground, but they've actually lost ground in other areas. Now, since we last spoke, which was a couple days ago, they lost a little bit of ground right here, and they lost a little bit of ground just right through here, Okay. Now, they have gained a little bit of ground on the outer edges, okay? Now, that is kind of a big deal because you have this main route that flows around the city. But the big thing here is, is getting to Lizchansk. And like I told you guys before, this is, this is going to be entering another stage of this war. Now, I believe they are right now. And what I mean by is attrition. I expect both sides to actually sustain massive amounts of casualties in the coming weeks and months just inside of this area alone. You have longer days, shorter nights doing to be summer. So, you know what that means? Heavier fighting on both sides, okay? Both sides aren't really good at fighting at night, okay? They're not like the United States. The United States really owns the night, and a lot of people don't really realize that. Even when I was in, and this was, this was seven, eight years, eight years ago. We owned the night then. I couldn't imagine what it is now. Like, we're talking a 10-year advancement almost. And I, I know for a fact, I mean, I've spoken firsthand to James Vasquez right here inside this room, and I know for a fact that the average Russian soldier does not have night vision. Like, doesn't, they don't have it. Only the special operators do. In the United States, every single person that is fighting, like literally everybody that is on a front line or like doing any type of combat thing, like anything, has night vision. Like, like that's like people thought that the Russian military, like they're, they're not doing anything at night. The only people that do is going to be special operators. Like the majority of the fighting is taking place during the daylight hours with most of the special operations taking place at night, which is fairly common, honestly. Now, I'm going to tell you guys right now, if you own the night, you instill fear on the opposing force. So they're not going to do any operations at night. Let's just be honest. It's, it's a thing. Now, I have seen some conflicting reports when it comes to the amount of ground that the Russians control on the eastern side of the city. Okay. Now, these are both fairly trusted sources in the area I'm talking about. Now, this metal line, I've seen one say that the Russians don't control it. I've seen one that says they do control it. So I'm going to go on a limb and say that it's still heavily contested. 
as you could tell, like right now, roughly, it's hard to tell. Everything is so ever-changing and so rapidly changing over there. I just want to be honest with you guys. And down here near the airport, it, I don't know. This is this is a back-and-forth thing. So, like I said, these are both fairly trusted sources. But with it being urban warfare, things are changing so rapidly. And as of now, it looks like the Russians have actually gained control of the airfield on the eastern side of the city with heavy fighting taking place right now on the southeastern side uh, near the wood line. So... The wood line that is separating them. That's why I think looking at, at it from this kind of perspective, which for me to do all the maps like this, it would take me a significant amount of time. So you guys got to let me know if you guys like it like this. And I can actually start changing them up for the areas that are experiencing really heavy fighting. So you guys can actually see what's going on. And as you guys could tell, the areas that the, the Ukrainians do control are, well, there's a lot of route, uh, excuse me, there's a lot of routes, a lot of roads, a lot of buildings, so it actually makes a little bit of sense. Okay, now I'm not fully convinced as of yet that the entire airport and the surrounding area uh, that's right here is actually controlled by the Russian military, but I do believe it is heavily contested with fighting takes place just outside of it, like I had said. I've also read that there's a current offensive actually happening right now towards that town of Medicline. I'm going to wait another 24 hours to actually dive deeper into this to do to everything that's so changing on the ground. That's why I'm just letting you guys know, like, this is the area I'm talking about. It's just so it's just changing so much. The real question I have is will Ukraine be able to sustain the amount of ammo needed along with artillery fire that is needed to actually hold off the Russians from advancing south out of this area? Now honestly, the most important piece to be successful is the, when it comes to defending the city will be Ukraine's ability to actually accurately target the Russian advancing with overpowering artillery fire. Now, that's keyword overpower. They're going to be able to actually overpower them, okay? Now, without that, it's going to be very difficult to break the will of the advancing force. Now, this sounds crazy. I know a lot of people say and believe that the morale of the Russian military is low, which it most likely is, okay? Now, they need to realize these Russians that are fighting are honestly just human. They are humans, okay? Now, they may be doing some bad things in some bad areas, but they're going to fight with all they have to survive. And also, they're going to get vengeful when their buddies and their friends, they actually get KA or killed in action. They're going to get vengeful. And they're going to want to continue to fight, even if that, that is just to, to get revenge for their, their, their buddy being killed. Like, they may not even be fighting for a cause at that point, okay? Now, that's what I'm talking about. Over, overpowering them over with, with artillery inside of this area is going to be very, very crucial. Now, if you're looking at it from this perspective, it doesn't look like much. But remember, this road that, or this, this, this river that's right here, i got to switch it back over because this is why the other one's pretty important. This purple line, this river, the Savisky Donetsk River, you got to remember that is basically the lowlands, and above that is much, much higher ground, and it's going to be very difficult for the advancing force to actually push through. All right, now we're going to move over to Kirsten. For anybody that is new, we're going to go take a little bit of a flight. We were just sitting inside of this area, Severe Nadesk. There has not been any change, really, in Papazna, by the way. There was some, some pushes by the, the Russians over the last 24 hours. They were not, um, they weren't effective. So we're going to slide all the way over to Kirsten. Nothing has happened in the southern region. Nothing, not a, not a lick of it. But over here, there's a lot going on. A massive counteroffense has been going on. We're going to switch over to a close-up map for you guys. Now, this is what I mean. Look at all this that is going on along this entire line. That is a lot. That really is. I mean, we're talking about a lot of stuff. So the massive counteroffensive that's actually been taking place in Kirsten in the past week or so, just north of it, has actually grown just a bit more. They liberated a few smaller towns and areas over the last week. They were able to create a way across the, the Inhulets River, okay, now just right through here. Now, I, I was told they're, they're making it much larger so they can get more stuff across, but I believe that's being targeted daily by artillery on the Russian side of things. So 
Let's just keep note of that. Now, they are attempting to actually re-liberate the town of Davidibrid right now, which was lost about a week ago or so, when and heavy fighting has actually been taking place ever since on the outskirts of this town. So this same area, they did lose it. That is, the Ukrainians did lost it after they liberated it. So along this entire line right here, you guys see that thing we talked about earlier? Actually, it goes all the way down here. What am I talking about? All the way down there. The entire line. There's currently 13 areas of heavy fighting. 13 of them. So... It's pretty significant. Uh, the biggest area where they've actually been able to gain a little bit of ground is there. And I know there's a big one going on right now in Oleksandrovica. Once again, we've seen this area right here. That area. God, this has been a back and forth area. I think this has probably been the most back and forth area in all of Ukraine uh, since the beginning of this war. Now, if you guys are actually watching this on YouTube, you guys are going to see a bunch of blue and yellow circles. Like I said, these ones are going to be the ones with some heavy, heavy, heavy fighting taking place. So I'm going to keep them on here so we can uh, check back here. Tomorrow and the next day, see what's happened. Now, today down in Kirsten, Russians actually urged people to come out and celebrate Russia's National Day. It ended up pretty embarrassing, honestly, to be honest with you guys. Uh, 30 to 40 people attended the event, as you guys will see inside the video. And it's including, yes, that is including the Russian military that were forced to be there and literally parade. Like, they get three guys paraded around. Now, what's funny about that is, look what happened a couple months back. This is back in March, as you can tell. There's no leaves on the tree. People wearing hoodies and stuff. When the Ukrainian people actually held a demonstration in the same area protesting the occupation. A little bit of a difference, I would say, when it comes to the amount of people that turned out, so. Anyway, I hope you guys did enjoy this episode. Make sure to go to check out the sponsor of the video. It'll be linked at the top of the description. I do love you guys. I am out, and I'll see you tomorrow.